are listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. I'm super excited uh, today to, to be here. Uh, this message, I was like, this is the easy one. Uh, so if anybody's played golf with me, I heard this in a sermon and I was like, I'm stealing that analogy and it probably applies to me less than it does to anybody else. But if you've ever played golf with me, you'll find out that man, he can hit it a long ways. That way and that way. I usually avoid the really narrow fairway stuff. It's so much, so, so, so easy to hit off that. I like to make the game challenging. So um, in this game, and I have hit several houses, uh, I have some great golf stories. Just ask me later. I have, I'm awful. I'm an awful golfer. I mean, I've, I don't know why, because I've already golfed once this year. Um, so I've got some pretty nice clubs, and they just sit there, and they're real nice. Uh, but anyway, uh, in the golf world, if you were pretty decent, and let's say that you were hitting like a chip shot or an iron shot, and you just killed it. Like, you crushed it. It was great. It was a great drive. And here's the hole, and it rolls right up to the hole, and it gets within like almost made it. Like you're three inches, four inches, five inches away. On occasion, I try and get it from like 10 feet away, but they never give it to me, the guys I golf with. I'm like, is that a gimme? It's 10 feet away. It's a gimme, right? I mean, I'm, you've seen me putt before, right? No, that's usually three more strokes. Um, but when it's really close, they have this thing called a gimme. And they just be like, I just pick it up. You're good. I think you can make the three-inch putt or the two-inch putt called a gimme. And I kind of felt like this sermon was supposed to be a gimme. Because this is the commandment that, that most of us in our minds probably and physically probably think that we've never violated. And this is the one uh, that says, thou shall not murder. Sometimes it's translated, thou shall not kill, which those are actually, it's interesting, the translation piece of it. There's different words um, for murder and kill in the Bible. And so uh, for murder, it's uh, ratsak. Say ratsak. And that's the word here for murder. And then uh, harag. Say harag. And that's the word for kill. And I think in our world, we might get those mixed up from killing and murdering. And what does that look like in our life and our culture today? Uh, I want to ask this question. Are we used to, are we used to, as, as, a, as a society, are we used to murder? Think about this. Go back like 200 years ago. How many murders do you think a couple hundred years ago somebody would have visually seen in their lifetime? Like very few, right? Like it's not a common thing. We, as a society have been indoctrinated slowly to be numb to murder. Now let me share with you a little bit, some statistics and some some ideas. So so statistics are, you know, 100% made up on the spot, but this is a fairly, uh, a fairly, you know, I was, I kind of was debating these a little bit, but here's what someone, one of the statistics said, is that by the time you turn 18, in our society and culture today, you would have seen 80,000 murders. In television, in movies, and in video games. I was like, that's probably not right. Like 80,000, that's a lot. So I was thinking about some movies that I watched before. I was like, you know, that movie had a lot of killing in it. 
I wonder how many, how many murders I saw in Red Dawn. So this is like an older movie. I think there's a remake of it, but there's this, don't go watch any of these movies I'm going to quote to you again. But I was like, that was bad. Like, people got killed all the time in Red Dawn. 82 murders in Red Dawn. Man, I thought that was way more bloodier. How about Rambo? Sylvester Stallone just tearing it up, right? And whether it's murders or killing, 247. So we're working our way up to our first thousand, right? How about Saving Private Ryan, World War II movie, good movie, like that movie, great movie. We only saw 255 murders in that movie. Kills. And then this one might get everybody here. The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, extended edition. I usually fall asleep during these movies. I'm not a Lord of the Ring guy. Is that the same? I always get confused. Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, same thing, right? No. Ooh, that's like sacrilegious to say that. I'm going to get stuff throwing stuff at me, right? Whatever. 836. Percentage of Americans who believe TV violence, movie violence, video game violence uh, precipitates real life violence, helps out with that. 79% of us believe. 79% of us think that if you continue to consume violence and murder and all of these things, and think about what are our shows about? The ones that I like, or used to like, are about sarcasm. I was so drawn to that. Uh, I was a big Friends watcher, my generation, so there's sarcasm and premarital sex, like all sprinkled into that, no big deal. Not that the Lord says anything about what we say with our mouth or sexual immorality or any of those things, but no big deal. So we are slowly, the heat is slowly turned up to numb us from the idea of murder, because murder is what happens in Chicago. You know, we still, here's how interesting our little community is, and it's, it's, it's interesting, and it's, it is Mayberry-ish, but does anybody remember the last murders in Moscow? And maybe there's more frequent ones, but I remember about the guy who killed the lady at Arby's and shot his landlord uh, and killed his parents, and there was like three murders, and they chased him and caught him down there. That's the last ones that I really remember. Maybe there's been more recent ones that I haven't heard about, but that's like the most recent thing in my mind. And how many years ago was that? Yeah, a while ago, right? That was a while ago. And we think about murder in our society, but I have no problem thinking about it in terms of a video game or a movie. And I think the numbness to murder leads us maybe right to the precipice of some things we're dealing with as a culture right now. Murder, by definition, means the unlawful killing of one or more human beings by another, especially with malice and aforethought. We have four, four human beings that are responsible for over 100 million murders in this century alone. They were the leader to that. You probably can guess who they are, and most of us are going to say Hitler was responsible for a lot of murders. Because those people weren't quite right. They didn't look and think and talk and act the correct way. And so we should eliminate them. 
And we think about Stalin and Mussolini and uh, Mao Zedong. Is that the guy from China, right? And then I, I was like, man, those are brutal. And then I was going along, and I'll have to fact, fact check this some more, but this one gentleman was talking about uh, when Belgium went into Congo uh, and there was a Belgium dictator who went in there under the guise of Christianity to convert these folks to Christianity, but the undertones of this was really to get the valuable resources in Congo, and they killed 15 million Africans in the Congo nation is what the report said. And I don't even know that guy's name, but he was leading the charge of that. So murder comes from the evil one. Uh, in the text in Exodus twenty thirteen, it just simply says, you shall not murder. It really just says no murder, period. No murder. Uh, Matthew fifteen nineteen talks about for out of the heart comes evil thoughts. So where does murder start? Is it just a quick violent reaction or has it actually been playing around in our, in our heads? Of course, most of us maybe haven't murdered someone. But it comes out in evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Jesus is talking to uh, some of the folks who are the, his opponents and talking to them about uh, where they line up and where they're trying. To, and he's really like, no, I'm, I'm like the son of the living God. And they were having a tough time to that. And they were debating about who was what. And John eight forty four, Jesus says, you belong to the father, uh, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. What are the devil's desires? Well, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is the liar and the father of lies. Hitler murdered millions and millions of Jews out of a lie. Romans one twenty nine says they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. We see murder at the beginning in Genesis with Cain and Abel. And the murder was out of envy. James 5, 6 says you have condemned the murdered uh, you, you have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you First John 3.12 quotes says do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother if you're a murderer who do you belong to you belong to the evil one you know what else murder does it really messes up relationship remember the Hatfields and McCoys Think about gang, the gangs that are going on in Mexico and in our own country. People hanging from bridges and with messages. And at the basic bare necessities, most people who, whether they believe in God or not, understand that taking another human being's life doesn't feel right. I think I've shared this story before, but I'll share it again as it applies here. Um, my dad is a Vietnam vet, um, not believer in Jesus, super neat man, praying for that. Um, 
I ask him questions because you want to think that your dad's a war hero. Right? And dad, what'd you do in Vietnam? I was in the first air cavalry, son. Okay, cool. What's that, dad? I remember as a little kid, well, we rode in on helicopters and were dropped off. Oh, cool. Like, oh, getting a little kid, you're excited. Oh, and here's some war stories. My dad's awesome. He's big. He's strong. He's tough. What did you do, dad, in the military? Well, because I was large, my dad was a big boy, um, he got the privilege of carrying the M60, which is a rather heavy piece of equipment. He said his right arm was giant when he came back from the service. And you carried all this, and you were the big gun and your guy out in the jungle. Like, you laid down suppressing fire. Uh, one of his funny stories, he was telling me that they were messing around one time on a target range, and they cut down a tree that was this big with an M60. That's pretty powerful. So how long, how long were you out there, Dad? What did you do? I was out there a while, son. Well, did you ever get in any combat? Yes, son, I did. Wow. Dad, did you ever uh, did you ever get the bad guys? I never wanted to find out, Josh. I never wanted to know if I had any confirmed kills. Now, why would a guy who's a big husky guy non-believer, seemed fearless in my eyes, never wanted to know if he killed somebody in a war or righteous war, whatever your opinions of of that conflict are. Why would he not want to know if he had confirmed kills? What does that do to a man or a woman's heart? I think about that often. I think about my big dad not wanting to know if he took a life. So I asked God this week, I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to teach on this? This seems like a gimme. Father, tell me, show me how I, I, how I murder I might, I'm probably, I'm thinking, I'm like, have I violated like every commandment? Like in my mind, probably for sure. But like, tell me how I violated this one. Because as far as I know, I have not physically killed anybody. So how am I violating this? He took me to First uh, John 3.15. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. Hmm. Why do you take me there, Lord? I'm a pastor. How could I hate anybody? And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Just enjoy the marination in this text this morning. 
And I don't know if the Lord would work in your world this morning in this text like he's worked in my world or as I've seen him. You know when you're like looking for a like a a red Corvette, you just see thousands of them like all the time. They're just like they're all over the world now, right? And so whenever I'm like on this, I'm like, okay, well, let's see. Like what does hate look like? I don't know. Do we have any examples of hate in our culture in the last five or six months? Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. I seem to be able to probably offend about everybody today. Do you know that Anna Green Gables show where she talks all the time? Anybody see that show, Anna Green Gables? Not, dude, you better raise your hand because I know you watch that. <laughs> if you really knew what I thought, you'd think I said nothing at all. Anybody remember that? If you really knew what I thought, you'd think I said nothing at all when I come to these things. So I know that some people in here, as we are a divided thinking group on occasion, I love that about our church. I love the fact that we challenge each other with the way that we think. We don't all exactly think the same exact way and believe the same exact thing and are going to vote for the same exact person. But I saw some posts this week on Facebook. I'm not trying to convict anybody in here if it was you. And they're like, yes, President Trump has coronavirus. I hope he. Now, some of you didn't say that, but you thought it. And so let me offend the other group now. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Saw other posts from my other friends being like, yeah, glad she's gone. I think, do you think wishing somebody was dead or being happy that somebody else is dead has anything to do with hate in your heart? Because guess who Donald Trump is? He's God's prized creation. And guess who Ruth Bader Ginsburg was? was God's prize creation. And so as I started working through this and just letting it sit on top of me about like, what am I doing? What's going on? Like, where is the murder happening more than just the physical murder? Because we can point that out. But where's the murder happening in our church? Where's the murder happening in our, in our city? Where's the murder happening in our country? Like, how does this apply to us? What if you're, what if this, is this a gimme for you? <laughs> Have I murdered anybody? It is on the front side for most of us in just the basic 10 sayings. I'm a murderer. I'm a murderer. Anyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. Goes all the way Man, can you believe I found something in Revelation about murder too? It started in Genesis and it went all the way to Revelation. Like that's the that's the whole thing. And I didn't even grab them all. Revelation 22:15 says outside are the dogs. 
those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. The what? The murderers, the idolaters. Have we already talked about some of this stuff? Are they still dealing with this in Revelation as they were dealing with it in Exodus? Are we still dealing with it? Yep. Here's the sweet thing for all of us. I'm not going to sit on this. I've debated back and forth. (sighs) Pretty concerned about life and death in our country. We keep track. We know how many deaths are reported for different things, different diseases, different stuff. Like we're all counting watch, right? We're watching the Corona deaths climb You know, death. Like any one life matters, right? Any one life matters. All lives matter. All of those things. Like we're seeing things happen in the streets. We're seeing videos of cities that you and I know and love that look like they're just destroyed. Looks like a war, war torn area with cardboard everywhere. And, just a mess, right? I don't think that the enemy, and we're getting time to, it's going to be exciting times. I got lots of rope to hang myself. This will be great. This will be great for the next several weeks. I don't think that the enemy cares who wins our election. Whoever you think the enemy is, Russia, China, Satan, you know what I think they care about? Go back. Go back one. I think they care about spreading hate. I think they care that we make sure that we hate each other because we don't think the same. I think they want to make a mockery out of our democracy. As long as it doesn't work. As long as this half is mad and think it's voter fraud and this half, half is happy. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to divide you into those things, but... As long as, as long as there's riots in America, as long as we're, we're angry because our person didn't get picked. Man, wouldn't it be even better if we can get the Christians to divide over this and hate each other and start murdering each other? Wouldn't that be even cooler? Just start hating each other even more. Now we can get the Christians murdering each other. That would be great. I don't care who wins, as long as they hate each other. As long as they burn down their cities, whichever side does, I don't care. The Satan is the author of lies, and he's speaking whispers into our culture. We're not going to talk in too much depth about it because, frankly, we're not prepared for it as an organization yet. But there's a statistic that will make your stomach Turn upside down. If two two hundred thousand COVID deaths make you really sad and make you really frustrated from a virus that we're trying to chase down, right? Do you know there was a great celebration in two thousand and eighteen that we had the lowest number of reported abortions in 2018 that we've had since 1973. No martyr. 
we'll deal with this when we're better, better prepared to deal with this, but no murder. Do you even, like you don't even, like this is just reported. These are like CDC facts. You can argue numbers. I don't, we could be $200,000, $200,000 off and it's still sick. Great celebration because there was only 847,000 abortions reported in America in 2018. There's only 60 million abortions reported since 1973. That's the populations of more than 25 of our states, like 25 states added up. Someday we're going to get into that deeper and we're going to be uh, a little bit more prepared, but thou shall not murder. No murder. And fellas, it's not her fault. There's many of us that could be accessories to a very difficult topic. We're going to get into that later. Put a pin in that. We are going to address this in a major way in our church, but we're going to do it out of love and kindness and awareness. Because let me tell you what Jesus Christ has to say about murderers. The ones who hate. He's on the cross and we'll get ready for communion if you guys want to start fumbling around with that little communion piece. He's on the cross. I'm in Luke 23. It says uh, the crucifixion of Jesus. Luke, Luke uh, 23, chapter 26 says, And the soldiers led him away. They seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. And Jesus turned and said to them, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children for the time has come or the, for the time will come when you will say, blessed are the childless women, the wombs that have never bore the breasts that have never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, fall on us. And to the hills cover us, for it is people, for, for if people do these things, when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? What will happen when we hate and murder in our own church, when we hate and murder in our own country? Two other men, both criminals, were also let out with him to be crucified. When they came to the place they called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. So what were they doing to our Lord and Savior? Murder. They were murdering our Lord and Savior. And this is some of the last words that Jesus says. He says, Father, Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing.
See, Jesus Christ forgives murderers. And are we not all pretty thrilled about that? Some of our discussion igniters before we go to communion, some things to think about in our life groups. If you're not in a life group, you should be in one. You should be in one because we talk about stuff. We're going to dive deeper, right? What are some of the reasons people throughout the world, regardless of their background, consider life to be precious? Do you know that there's a, there's a big fight to not show ultrasounds to people who are thinking, considering having an abortion? Do you know why that would be? Have you ever had an ultrasound and got to hear the baby's heartbeat? Like, it would be tough to make that decision after hearing that. Because no matter who you are, no matter whether you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you value life. You value other people's lives. You value your life. You value innocent life. Uh, Second one is the sixth commandment is essentially a command to love and to preserve life. What are some ways you see Jesus living this out? To love and preserve life. Skip around here because this will will hit on that uh, first John that I was reading to you guys. How does not being reconciled to a brother or sister in the Lord violate the sixth commandment? We allow hate to build up within our marriage. If we allow hate to build up within our parents, which doesn't help us honor them, how does that not help us reconcile this? See, if we don't murder, physically is really good to not do that. But if we can get beyond the physical into our head and thinking about releasing the hate and getting that part of it right, Man, I think a lot of other things just kind of fall in line. What you guys would be thinking about, uh, who's God asking you to reconcile with this week? What does that look like for you? How do you start murdering murder? Getting rid of that in our lives. I know this is a heavy message. It was for me. Um, I want us to, to move forward as a church. We have hope, and we have hope because we have a Lord and Savior who forgives us. Do you guys understand? We have a Lord and Savior who says, like, Josh, you blew it big time, buddy. And you're just the kind of guy I'm looking for. David, you blew it big time, buddy. You you are a man after my own heart. See, murder's all throughout this book. We need a Savior. We needed Jesus Christ to do what he did for us. So let's come to him and praise him for that. I know it's a heavy time, but this is a big deal because without this, you're looking at a convicted murderer. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving murderers. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it 
in remembrance of me. Let's remember Jesus Christ who forgives murderers. Father God, I just um, ask for your hand upon this message. Man, um, I, want, I want people to walk away out of here feeling beat up. I don't want that, Father God. I want us to be aware. I want us to be aware how we possibly could violate things that you've put in place for our benefit. And Lord, uh, this was not, this was not a gimme. Thank you for not simplifying it just in my mind this week. Nope, I haven't murdered anybody. I'm good. No, no, I understand, Lord. I understand where the thoughts come from. I understand what comes out of my heart and what comes out of my mouth. And I ask you, Father God, in front of everybody here for forgiveness. Lord, and if there are any of your people here that want to ask for forgiveness as we're going through this, Lord, I just ask that you would just, you just anoint them. You anoint them and say, you're forgiven. Let's go and be different. You're forgiven. Let's go and reconcile. You're forgiven. Go and murder no more. Help us to be a church that draws unity together. Help us a church that speaks well of each other, speaks well of the community, and that we bring your kingdom crashing into earth, not ours. Lord, bring your kingdom here upon us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.